Welcome to D&D Sports Radio. This is Benjamin Sally. Hey, this is Joe Ross. Um, this episode, we have a special guest. His name is Trevor Young. And we're going to talk about what's going on back there with Dungeon Masters. What are they doing? What are they doing back there? Yeah, it's kind of... I think this is probably more for curious players, but also for maybe people who are interested in DMing and haven't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trevor is an awesome dude. Trevor is a really cool dude. Super genuine guy. I like him. And we're going to have guests periodically. Um, Yeah. This this one went pretty good. Although there might be a... I feel like there's a little more sort of eating noises in this one. (laughs) There is. And... uh, Whatever. Nervous table tapping and all kinds of fun stuff. But Trevor's one of our favorite people, and we'll have more of our favorite people on. So, hope you enjoy. Guys, this is Joe. I thought you weren't going to do that anymore. <laughs> what? Say what's up? Yeah. No, I wasn't going to say peace out. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know why I just keep saying peace out at the end. I don't mean to. And I, don't, and I, I think Matt Colville goes peace out. It's too many YouTube videos. That's what the what's up is. That's, is it? <laughs> you've seen too many YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're hanging out tonight in Louisville. And with me, as always, is my friend over here across the table. Ben Sally. Yeah, and tonight... We we, have, yeah, we have a guest. Yeah, we have a guest with us. And who are you, guest? Uh, I am Trevor Young. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I am a DM and North Limestone employee <laughs> who just moved up to uh, Louisville okay. and is happy to be here tonight. Nice. Yeah, well, so thanks for joining Tre- us. Trevor works at... or is, Well, he's worked with Joe before mm-hmm. at yeah. a previous coffee sh- donut shop. Yeah. Yep. And, then, and Trevor... Agree, agree to move to a different city to work at a new store. Yeah. But we are... we are, Passed all of his persuasion checks. Yeah. <laughs> My will save was way too low. So I've uprooted myself. So, now it's, we, yeah, we've been building a store, uh, you know, and there's been a lot of... Been, it's been a whole process. I've learned a lot. It's been very interesting. Yeah, Trevor got to burn some, burn some I, I cedar did. today. Yeah. Not in a fireplace. Fun. Yeah. But to make it look beautiful. Yeah. It's some kind of interest. I don't know. Ben's got all these crazy carpenter tricks up his sleeve where he makes mm-hmm. cool stuff, and no one knows how to do it besides Ben. But he, he's willing to teach us, which <laughs> Joe is keeps, awesome. Joe keeps worrying I'm going to die, and he's not going <laughs> to I know. I'm afraid. Like, what if, <laughs> I, know how to I was like, dude, show me how to burn this wood today, because <laughs> if something bad happens, we'll just have like half, of, half yeah. burned wood. I'll just say, I'll, I'll say it right now since so it's recorded. I want you to carry on, Joe, <laughs> if I don't make it. Well, I'll try so, my best. Yeah, we, should, we, should, we should explain what this, this episode is about. Yeah. yeah. So we, we've decided to do one that's just, what are DMs doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. I am a DM, pretty much primarily. Uh, I've been playing D&D on and off for about two and a half years now. And uh, other than playing that's for about it? six months, yeah. Oh, uh, I've been playing longer. Other than playing for about six months, I have been DMing pretty much that whole time on and off. Okay. Because my first DM didn't want to do it anymore, and nobody else <laughs> stepped up the plate. But I think, honestly, I can say I like it more 
as sort of like mystifying and arcane as being a DM is, <laughs> uh, it can be very rewarding. So yeah. if you're listening, so, so don't you, be in, like intimidated at all. So you have been a player then? Yes. Okay. Not really. Not for a very long time. You've been doing so. You've been DMing longer than you've been like playing as a character. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. That's cool. So yeah, tonight we just kind of wanted to talk about uh, what what. What is, what is that thing? Who is it? What is a DM? What are they doing back there? What's up with that screen? What's though? up with that screen? Yeah, we're kind of aiming we're kind of aiming this towards the total, you know, just if you if you're like really really new and you're just curious what's going on back there, what you know, why are they hiding their dice occasionally? Why, yeah, from why you? is he constantly rolling dice even though seemingly nothing is happening <laughs> and he's just scrolling notes the whole time? Do they have special desserts back there that you don't know about? Behind the screen. Is there snacks that aren't accessible to everyone else? But yeah, that's what we want to talk about tonight. (laughs) So first of all, let's just say, what what is a DM? What does that even mean? We're using that acronym already, which is... It's always intimidating a DM. Like, well, I got the D&D. So... What is what does DM mean? That that one's pretty specific to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you know, like that's their almost. Uh, I don't know if it's copyrighted. Kind but of, the, it's sort of like their brand name term yeah. for dungeon master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, if we were really, t- if we were going to talk about a wider scope of RPGs, game master would be the right. Thing. So you'll, okay. you'll you'll hear both interchangeably, but usually dungeon master is geared more specifically towards Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Dragons. Dragons. Maybe Pathfinder could have a Dungeon Master too, or even any fantasy uh, like role playing game. You might still call the person a Dungeon Master. Yeah, there's uh, dungeons. If you're ever telling people about your hobbies, you'll probably call yourself a Game Master <laughs> instead of a Dungeon Master because that sort of conjures up images of whips and chains. Okay. Uh, that some people don't quite people kind of don't understand D and D as much, but hopefully this podcast can cut through that that yeah. mist. You know. Yeah. We're yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know this, Trevor, but we're, we're like the sort of genesis of this is that we didn't feel like there was an in between, yeah. le- level of podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. Th- there was either it was just a podcast where they were playing, mm-hmm. or it was just like balls to the wall, <laughs> yeah. super deep, sort of for the, like where you for just, the dungeon master almost or the player of the long term. Yeah, yeah but someone's been playing yeah. a long time, so this is really for yeah, we, someone's just, just starting out or to, thinking about starting out. Yeah, we just wanted to like chit chat about just the just the basics and then other life cool. things. Okay, so now that we know what we know the the term dungeon master or DM, and we know that <laughs> if you want to, you call them uh, GMs as game well, master. game masters, dungeon masters. What what the heck are they doing back there? Like what what what's yeah. going on? Um, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about the variety. That you see within you know different like all three of us yeah. are uh, DMing right now uh, different games so maybe we could talk a little bit about our styles and what you might see at the table. Yeah, we've probably hit on some of this like peripherally in other podcasts, mm-hmm. like bits and pieces of yeah, it. I don't know, like you can't really talk you, about the game without talking about like the actions of the DM. Yeah, You're right. So you, you would have heard none of these, Trevor, because at mm-hmm. this point, none of these are. Everything's in the vault. Everything's, yeah. None of these have been officially, as far as for us, mm-hmm. are on the air yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, well, yeah, let's, I like that. Let's just start with, like, kind of what are your, what are, what are your, what's the, what, how are you geared up? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you've got. I think we. I'm assuming we all have a screen. Do you guys all roll with the screen? I don't use a screen. I use uh, the laptop that we have sitting in front of us right now, and then I use an iPad. Um, so oh, okay. I'm not super hidden. Uh, so there's not a, outside of that. You know, those two screens are hanging mm-hmm. out. Do you wear pants at least? Uh, I do. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's like, just more, there, you, you have to show up and find out whether or not I'm wearing pants. Yeah. Like, am I wearing pants right now? There's just more laptops and or there's more laptops and uh, iP- iPads just in the way, just covering his whole lower half. That's right. That's all I'm wearing. Keep them guessing. Just because every time Apple releases something, I have to buy. The, the so terrible part is the, the rest of it just turns into clothing. Yeah. The terrible part is the iPad just has a photo of you not wearing pants on it. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm actually using, uh, I, I, I use OneNote um, to write out my adventures, mm-hmm. and we've talked about before that I'm doing a homebrew campaign. So uh, I'm, what I, I use uh, just a, basically some note-taking software, and I'm, I'm writing it and outlining that in, on my computer. And then uh, next to the computer, I have an iPad that I'm using, uh, uh, some software called Game Master 5, and uh, mainly in that, I'm using that for um, treasure tracking, like what treasures are my mm-hmm. players might find. All the inventory? Yeah, nice. and I also use it for encounters. So anytime that the players get into a fight with uh, some beasts or creatures mm-hmm. or things that they might <laughs> right. find along yeah. the way, uh, I use that to... Do the ter- like to know whose turn it is and keep track of how many hit points everyone has and that kind of thing. So yeah, Joe, jo- like I've I found that one independent of you, mm-hmm. but it was it, it was not very intuitive as far, like when I opened it, I was like I don't know what's going on here. Right. So I just kind of like. But you downloaded it on your phone first, right? Is that? Yeah, and I think that was the problem. And I poked around. I was like, I don't. Mm-hmm. This is not useful for me. Um. And it, but I came back to it after you kind of gave me a little bit more of a rundown, and I put it on my iPad at that point. Nice. Yeah. J- Joe, do you use a lot of, like, uh, do you play music, or do you use, like, ambient sounds when you run your game? I actually, yeah, I have, I, I, w- I was trying to do that, too, mm-hmm. and I don't know if my, my, just my brother is playing in my game, and he, if he used his brother intuition to <laughs> know that I was... <laughs> Maybe overwhelmed a little bit or doing too much, so he has taken that role on. So oh, okay. And is the, he a player? He's a player. So oh, in yeah. the background, he's kind of you know if we get into a fight, we're playing some uh, duty free <laughs> fight music because <laughs> yeah. we're recording it. Uh, but he's also doing you know sound effects too and playing around with that. And I think that he he is a very uh, busybody type person, so I think that helps fill in any gaps yeah. for him as a player. But yeah, yeah, so like yeah, we have music going, we have sound effects going. How about you, Trevor? We I have... am I have never done any I might I have a couple times pulled out my phone to do very specific sounds if it has to do with a puzzle or something very pertinent to what's going on. Okay. Uh, but it might just be like like one time my group got attacked by giant frogs and where the frogs were coming from was dependent on when I was playing the frog sounds. <laughs> I had just like an ambient track. They were in a swamp. And I had an ambient track of so, just so like, like jungle frog sounds. Bud was, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I was. There's a lot of advertisements in my campaign. I try and try and get those. The, the, <laughs> never mind. Uh, that's not true. I do not have advertisements in my game. Uh, but I actually run a game that is very like uh, that is, you know, it's all they call the games old pen and paper, and that's pretty much how I run it. Uh, that's mostly just because I 
kind of I run a very kind of improvised campaign. Okay. And I am yeah. I always thought that was fascinating about you. So like, explain that a little bit. Okay. Which, oh, and which, heads up, guys, too. This is uh, this the table that the microphone's sitting on. Don't, don't if you can not touch it. Got that it. would be sorry. No, it's okay. It just like makes strange sounds and even like even this sounds like. <laughs> Like, like sends it's, through it's the, the hourglass. The ASMR. The sounds of the other dungeon master. The <laughs> other kind of dungeon master. <laughs> you're, in, you're in a quicksand room. Ooh. Oh, is that what it sounds like? Get that bag of chips and we can crinkle it. I don't know. Um, well, 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 hold on. Before Trevor answers that, I'm going to open another beer. Okay. Yeah, we should mention that tonight we are embracing our inner sorority girls in what? Uh, drinking <laughs> Schlafly pumpkin ale. Because it's that time That's of year. That's a respected one, though. People like people. People dig that one. But it, that pumpkin spice—it is delicious. You can't deny Any, anything pumpkiny. <laughs> it's all right. I don't know I, what I, kind I, of sorority you're speaking of, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> With the drinking. The craft beer nice sorority. You know, craft beer pumpkin ale. You'd be surprised. Obviously, it's a sorority I want to be in. Barsteiners? Yeah. Then, yeah. Then uh, Trevor's the only one that knows how to pronounce the other beer that we have, which is what is it? Warsteiner? Warsteiner? Warsteiner. Oh, you want the like proper German the, the VW. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Phelps. German class. Nice. Shout uh, out to Mr. Phelps. So, yeah, explain a little bit about how, because I, I go into a campaign and I think Ben does too, or correct I, me I if I'm a, wrong. I have a feeling from what Trevor's about to say that I fall halfway between the two of you. Yeah. Like, I have an outline and then some descriptions written down. And, Ben, you, what do you do before Trevor gets into his? Okay, I take it back. I do exactly what you do. Okay. <laughs> I, I, from what I've, like, read about other DMs and what I've seen from other DMs, I have sort of a, a kind of extreme method. Okay. And that... Daniel, I, I'm gonna be Daniel Day honest. Lewis? I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. It comes from a place of disorganization <laughs> okay. and procrastination. But it kind of, I've learned that it kind of works for me. So my method is, I do I go ahead and I uh, I look about wh- where are the players in the campaign, and I think uh, what are their most likely actions coming up. Okay. And then I sort of I write like I go and I find game mechanics that I can apply to those actions. So it's like oh they're in the prison cell. Well they can either try and jump the guard or they can try and use magic to escape through these cracks in the stone walls or they can. Uh, you know, try and signal for help uh, using you know any kinds of uh, of their you know intellect or whatever. Uh, and then depending on that, I'll try and set up different game mechanics. And then I might have specific characters. When I, I I might say to myself like, okay, I really want this tiny elf to say this one joke that okay. is like that provides context and that I think they'll enjoy. But other than that, all the other dressing, I might put very little stuff and. I just kind of try and leave it. I'm also blessed with a group of players that are very, like, that are, are very involved and that uh, are all pretty good at improv in their own right. Like, they're bad at accents, <laughs> but they, like, do, they uh, go into the improvisation very earnestly mm-hmm. and are pretty good at role-playing. Okay. So, like, with basically, with their help, I can just sort of pick stuff up and uh So, so you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of... You're doing NPC. You're like creating NPCs on the fly, like totally. I th- my here's my here's my secret that, is I have N- a, NPC again is just it's non it's a it's a character that's not being played by any of the players. So a non a non player character. character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so basically jargon. My setting was a 
was set in Faerun, out in the ocean, and it's a pirate sort of swashbuckling campaign. And I did a ton of world prep, and this is sort of the foundation upon which I was able to improvise a lot. And so I had a large notebook and a lot of note cards, and on those note cards I had specific uh, NPCs and characters pre-planned, but I didn't know exactly where they were going to fit in. Gotcha. So I have some characters that's like, you know, this is the, like, corrupt, uh, like, dock clerk. Or, like, you know, here's the priest of, like, the faith based around money who is, like, in an evil church but, like, is not actually a bad guy. And he has these character traits. And depending on where they are, I'll pull one of those kind of based on whichever one is closest to the top of the stack and just sort of try and run with it. So my the way I run my campaign, honestly, my players probably shouldn't hear this, but is like a, is half D&D and half like whose line is it anyway, mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, it the only reason it works for me is because I have such a I've spent so much time doing world building ahead of time that I have so, sort of so a fluency probably, about that stuff. You've probably done the same amount of work. You've just did a lot up front. And all of my work is totally And then, and then you're just kind of <laughs> dropping it in as as you need it. Yeah, like exactly. I think Joe and I are probably doing something pretty similar. Where we've we did some world building with like the basics. Now explain that you guys have used the term world building a couple times. Like talk about what that what you I what do you mean? Feel by that? like people know what that means. I don't know. I, we could we could give them more. If information they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, world building has appeared outside of this universe. Yeah. So like. Okay, well, here it is. It's building uh, worlds <laughs> that aren't real. Okay. Except in our imaginations. Except in our theater of the mind. So you're, cre- yeah. you're, you're creating a ma- an imaginary landscape yeah. for, mm-hmm. these, for these people that are your players to run yeah. around in. Mount, mountains over here, maybe, or, you know, whatever, you know, towns. Pirates that kind of over stuff. there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Treasure over here. Uh, whatever. Yeah. It, honestly, that's like a... that's. A huge chunk of what the DM actually does, um, for better or worse. I, uh, I think Joe and I have probably did a little less prep from that point of view. We did some like basic cursory, like I kind of want it to be sort of like this, right? And then as the players move move from their starting point, you're you're sort of <laughs> yeah, like building just ahead of them. Yeah, you're laying, at least that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You're Trying laying to, down yeah. track like a half mile in front of the train. Yeah, exactly. you built the whole track. Mm, and then, and I, then. I knew where I wanted the track to go and sort of like made sure I had plenty of track pieces around me. <laughs> and then I'm laying down the track like a quarter mile ahead of the train. <laughs> it's sort of like <laughs> what I'm doing for my game. Yeah. Uh, and now with, a, with a, a different group of players, that might not work. You know, and like me as a DM, I've just been lucky enough that I haven't had to really... Uh, I haven't had to change so, a ton. So have your I've sort players... of found a thing that worked, and it's it, it doesn't always work. You know, there have been times where my players do something, and I am just SOL because you know it's like, oh shoot, I really didn't have a good list of like what was in that orcish pantry. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, Joe and I have <laughs> talked about that before. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, so have do, do your play? Did your players have a lot of experience before beforehand? So uh, most of my players were in the group that I was that I was a player in for about six months. And so that's not a ton of D and D. Like that was with that was six months with like us playing like, you know, every week for a month, and then like every uh, every two weeks for a month, and then once in a month. You know, with the weird as hard as it is to schedule and people. That, and you guys all kind of started at the same time. Yeah, uh, everyone was very fluent with like 
the tropes, though. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody had, like, half of them had played World of Warcraft when they were teenagers mm -hmm. for, like, out, oh, for oh, yeah, hundreds by, by and the hundreds way, of hours. Tr Trevor is much no. younger than Joe and I. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I try not to remind him. I'm like a... I'm like a human hanging out with ancient elves or something. Ooh, doing DJ. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll, we'll occasionally forget, and then then all of a sudden, like the childhood things are dramatically different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like remember when we had clear telephones that hung on the wall? Yeah, and remember Thundercats? And Trevor's like, no, I, I, I saw Thundercat videos. <laughs> I watched Thundercats ironically. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, just so you could wear the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually did watch Thundercats. Okay. Pretty cool. Kind of weird, though, too. Like, the animation is yeah. horrific if you go back. Like, it's nothing like what I remember. Really? No, I still kind of dig it. I thought it was, like, it's creepy. But it's, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, is, like, weirdly... Mora's really creepy. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So, we've, we've kind of talked about our styles, and I think maybe something players can take from that is that there's a lot of work that goes into being a dungeon master. Yeah, that's the curse and the blessing. Yeah, because it's it's really fun to do that. That like I enjoy doing, like coming up with just ideas. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, but then it's all. But then especially I think you had like a really specific moment where your players totally did an end run around like this crazy puzzle you had designed and oh, just yeah. and just. Mm -hmm. Mage and that's hand. that's yeah that's Ooh, yeah, the part boy. where that's the part where it can all go south on you. you do a lot of work and you're super excited about it and then your players come up with a way to just totally take care of that problem in five seconds and you learn your lesson yeah <laughs> uh, I thought well I thought I had that I, I I used the puzzle from Die Hard three. <laughs> The Samuel Jackson right the water jug the thing? water jug thing I, I tried to I tried to use that in the game. And I forgot that one of my players had like a, you know, like one of the things they have. No, they have like a, a, a water satchel or something like a water skin on on their person, mm -hmm. and they use that to help solve the puzzle. Which I was like, oh, dang it! But you, the thing is, is that as the DM, like, where a chunk of what you do, a big chunk of what you do, is setting up those puzzles and the world building and all of that. A, a a smaller chunk, but in probably equally important or more important chunk is just facilitating your players' actions in the world. Right. You know. So like, the bad DM move would be to be like, no, you can't do that. That's magic water in that in that jug or whatever. And yeah. allowing yeah, them I, to do that. I, is... I, that's a great point. I would say if, to anyone that's thinking about DMing, th there's a there's a saying in the film world that's and I and I think I've heard it used other places. Just like kill your darlings. And that's just, you might be in love with an idea, but you've got to be ready just to let it go if yeah. it's, if, so that your players have fun. Yeah. Like, maybe you spent Probably two hours. Probably find a cooler idea, honestly. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. you spent two hours coming up with something, but, man, if it's, if if they just want to do something totally different, you, you just... It's okay. Sometimes it's better just let it go. Yeah. Maybe you can yeah. work it back in later. Yeah, you can use it as an idea again yeah, later. Don't, that's yeah, okay. that's the worst thing you can do to your players is just force them yeah. to do what you want. Railroading mm -hmm. is sort yeah. of the term. Right, yeah. Um, We've yeah. talked about that before. At that point, you're the only one having fun. Yeah, you're, they're just, you're just watching people yeah. act out your story that you wrote. Mm -hmm. But yeah. much more fun to... It's it, just it's, a book. 
Yeah, it's just like, yeah, if they wanted to read, you could do something else. Yeah. It's a book that they, yeah, also, they might not want to read. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else should we talk about in this? What, what as a player, Trevor, if you could think back, what, like, what were your first experiences with a DM? Like, what, what did you think? Oh, uh, okay. Um, my first DM... Gosh, I'm about to throw him under the bus. Maybe a little bit. He was, he was, it was. He had never played before. I had never played before. Well, like, when first you don't of all, have props context, to him for yeah, exactly. for trying like, that out. That's you know? great that he did that. Yeah, uh, but he was a little railroady. You know, he had come from playing a lot of MMORPGs online, where it's very like you and a lot of other players go up against these big, like these big fights that are very sort of prescribed. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's very much like. The monster has this this many health, health, uh, hit points. There are like only a couple strategies for how you're actually going to kill it, because it's not really about that. It's about beating that monster over and over again to get like better like loot or whatever. Whereas yeah, and, D- pl- and D- plus D- the computer you know, and the programming of the game literally can only have so many options. Yeah, it's completely like and pre- they had to like prescribed. think it up in advance, and mm-hmm. that's kind of it, and just put it out in the world. Whereas mm-hmm. it was like honestly, you're a functioning human being and you can totally wing it and so like what he would lay out for us was very sometimes it when he would have to improvise he was limited kind of by that sort of thinking and he would he now i will say he allowed us to do all kinds of stuff that was just outrageous like (laughs) so it's not like he was totally like no you can't do that but it was sort of like you know he was we were doing a uh a pre-built campaign which is a is you know to his credit pretty different from doing homebrew like me and Joe do uh, the Lost Minds of Fandelver. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing a I'm, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I did like a I'm doing a mix. It's a mix oh, of nice. homebrew and that. And I started off. We we've talked about this before, yeah, but yeah. but I started off with a total homebrew sort mm-hmm. of prequel element to introduce my players to oh, D and D in yeah. general, and just to kind of get them on board with it before we totally even though. Lost Minds is made to do that. I thought, like, for me it was a little more fun because it also let me work in some backstory elements that are not part of the pre-made. And that way you can start, you can and introduce I'm, your I world can elements drop, from the I can drop yeah. a lot of that stuff in that's not part of that, and also I'm taking out and putting in other things and get, you know... To, so I'm kind of using it as, as more of an intro to them. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a really, it's a kind of a fun little... Once you get to the town, <laughs> yeah. you know, from there it can kind of go anywhere. Yeah, uh, so uh, Lost Minds of Fandelver is like a curated adventure by uh, Wizards <laughs> of the Coast. And it is sort of, I believe it is one of the first things they released for a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. I think it might be the first. Um, yeah. It's heavily inspired by uh, some of the older adventures that I'm not as familiar with from 3.5. And uh, I believe there was even... Something kind of similar to it in four, uh, although I have never played four. Um, and I just want to throw this out there: try try not to give away too much of the story in oh, case yeah. anyone right okay it, in case anyone listening is just a player and their DM's running this, which will be yeah. most people listening to this. Yeah, so, so I would <laughs> I would say just there's real spoilers there. Yeah, yeah. just try to like spoiler alert. Okay, situation. Uh, Joe, okay. who hasn't watched all of Stranger Things season two yet, <laughs> I will say, I really love doing homebrew stuff, and I think that I, 
I get when people do the prescribed stuff because, you know, not everybody has all the time to do, like, elaborate world building and, like, that's totally cool. I definitely prefer homebrewing, but I still think starting out with, like, a curated adventure like that, if it's your group's first time playing, is a really good idea. Yeah, we, we've kind of come to the same. Like, if it's your first time being a DM, like, that's a really good idea to and do like, that. You unless you're like, like, I know, Joe, you start off in a game playing with other people See, so you were kind of exposed to playing already. Yeah, I was really fortunate. Like the we're the I'm in the campaign I'm still playing in is totally homebrewed by. Uh, actually, they, it's kind of an interesting situation. So the people that I'm playing with are taking turns being DMs ah. along the same storyline. And that's that's really fun and interesting because each one of them has their own style. They really can show how flexible the entire game, role playing games, can be. Like tabletop games, mm-hmm. really, it's like a shared storytelling that can kind of go in any way that you want. Like, right. No, yeah. A lot of these rules are there for a reason, but none of them are hard set. Exactly. So it's all about sort of your freedom, creativity, like <laughs> creatively. Yeah. So I, I was really lucky to have uh, been exposed to those those guys mm-hmm. and uh so that was my that was my experience and then i started watching other things but yeah i think as a new player it it seemed pretty natural it seemed like okay there's a there's a person and maybe it was because when i was a kid i played hero quest i don't know if anyone <laughs> remembers that out there but there was a there was a, a dungeon master type figure in hero quest called zargon <laughs> that controlled all the monsters <laughs> Uh, and would reveal rooms to you as you'd move around the board. Definitely so, inspired by yeah, D&D. absolutely. Oh, ab- absolutely. This was like um, this. Was, I'm, t- I'm telling you, there's a whole generation of people that have no idea that probably almost any role-playing video game is a direct result of oh, D&D. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, that uh, you know, I was kind of familiar with that format. Like, yes, there's someone in front of me that's kind of refereeing and and controlling all the monsters or anything that's not a character that's in the game. So I was used to that format, and um, I just, you know, I learned a lot from them and then got online and was trying to learn more because just, you know, I'd mentioned it before that I just had my brother and a friend of mine wanted to play. So we just started off with I was the DM and they were the players, and nice. we created a story from that, and then more people joined in. So now, you know, now that we have, you know, six or seven players at a time, um, how many people on your or people? I don't know what that word was. People. Yeah. How many? <laughs> how many people are in your group? Trevor? Uh, so there were me and four people. Okay. Sometimes five. Sometimes three. Okay. Uh, that's how it always is. Though. I think three is my favorite, actually. Really? <laughs> uh, I th- just because that's two people. You know, it's kind of like a threes company thing, where like the 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 DM or the GM is kind of is separate from the players a bit, and if you have just two people, like. There's a little bit of dead air. There's some silence there where they're both kind of like, hmm, well, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? I don't really know. But if there's three people... You I get a tiebreaker. Like yeah. yeah, you got the tiebreaker. You can get a really solid kind of thing going. And as a D... One of the dark secrets of DMing is you're a tiebreaker too, pretty much all the time. Because you can at any point be like, uh-oh, the... <laughs> you know, the volleyballs are here. Like, um, <laughs> it, that's... I think that's kind of one of the things yeah, that I've they got, do I've got is they keep the game moving moving along. Yeah, uh, I've I've only DM'd for this group I'm playing with, and it's it's their it's my first time DMing. It's their first time playing. Literally, no one else has no one has played in my group awesome. before. I've played as a mm-hmm. player, 
back in high school, which this is, at this point, I'm sure people are sick of hearing about this if they listen to more than this one. <laughs> but, so, and I had, like, my friend's brother, he was a great DM. He, he painted, like, a nice, you know, very atmospheric sort of picture. Oh, nice. And so it was, uh, you know, I have vividly remember how good he was at that. So I had a really nice, I had a really, I think, great first first experience. But did he do actual visual art, or was it more just like no, he like we had no maps, nothing. Yeah, it was all descriptive, but it was great. We never had any problems following what was going on. Now I know Joe and I are both doing some maps. Mm-hmm. Do you do you do anything like that? I do very. I, <laughs> I I need to get more into that. That's one a place where I can grow. I do very little visual representation. Uh, we have a we have a grid that we play on, and I go with markers and be like, okay, this is the end of the dock, this is the ship that's burning, and then it's like here's a row of like ballista over here, mm-hmm. and then we'll use and it's kind of sad, but it shows that I was playing with a bunch of college kids. Use like pennies and like bottle caps to represent <laughs> characters. That's all right. And yeah, I, yeah, it, Joe, Joe and I use quarters. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because now that we're making the big just because of our age, yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're totally we. It's all that compound interest. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> building up. One, one day, Joe. The on the one day, Joe. Yeah. Dollars. One day. Ooh. Yeah. One day, silver dollars. Like silver eight, dollars. Eight spaces on the little grid. That happens. Um. But they're but I've I've never played with someone, but I've, you see those people online, you know the Matt Colvilles of the world, all the the like the pro DMs where they use like they use physical minis a lot. I have like a lot of respect for those people because it's like Joe, Joe uses you guys use game. something along this line. Like your players have a mini they use. So they've all gone online and made their little miniatures mm-hmm. from. Uh, yeah, your gosh, players are that? very proactive what as is, far as this goes. Yeah, they get they're really they're into that more than I am. They oh, yeah? they make their own models. They like there's terrain that they've made. So as oh, that's, that's the part that's the part that I thought was like really interesting is they're actually making the terrain. Wow. Yeah. So I'll say you know you're in this you're in a forest and and it's it's dark and and there's a there's a low fog hanging over and somebody pulls out and then a all of a sudden there's like these trees that are appearing <laughs> in front of me and it's like what the hell man <laughs> so they they uh, they love doing that I mean I, my friend Brandon has just been sending me this really cool rocky uh, ascension that he's working on. Whoa. And that's sometimes awesome. and what's been awesome for me Man. with that stuff is like they'll and it's mainly him, but my brothers also build a few things, but as players they'll build something and I'll say, Oh, that's cool. I'll work that in. You oh, know, yeah. I'll work that's that true. terrain into the story. Right. Um so that, that they've been an inspiration as much as anything, you know, to to help build this world. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of I'm back and forth on this one as far as like the physical terrain goes, and I don't know if this is like a because I, we mentioned this the last podcast have a movie background, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this there's this problem when at least for me when you show too much, and sometimes it like. It almost limits the imagination of the audience. It's sort of like when you hide the shark mm-hmm. because the shark's not working. Right. It makes the shark scarier. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm I'm back and forth about this, and so I've just like we've just got little 
like little plas like little plastic bases with a little I've painted these little like cardstock things mm-hmm. just that have their names on them that are colored so that they can tell them apart. But that's it cuz I kind of like the idea of all of them having a version of what's going on in their heads. It's probably way better than what mm-hmm. I could physically create for them. Even though I could do it, I feel like I would limit I so feel like I'd limit input. Yeah, I'd almost limit their imagination in a sense. Yeah, and as a, as a player, certainly I think that's if, but, if your DM is really heavy on using miniatures and stuff like that, it's okay to ask them, "Hey, can you can you describe what we're going to fight before you put out the miniature?" And because that, that's what I try to do, I, I'll say I think that's you. Nice. You enter a room and it looks like this, and the the these there's these things in there, and they look like this. Uh-oh. And if they enter into an encounter with those creatures or things, then I'll then I'll put out the miniatures. But I want them to have already an idea. I like that. Yeah. Uh, of what what they're looking at, so they can think of it. But yeah, because a lot of that is built in your imagination. And when I think about the game, the game that I've been a, a player in, I you know I vividly remember how I created whatever visual scenery with the DM yeah. was painting for me in my I don't, head. I, don't, I guess I don't officially fall on any side of that. I don't know if argument's the right word, but, you know, line of thought. I just, I'm still kind of playing with the idea of, like, what's the most fun for them? Mm-hmm. And like, we, we've talked about this a little bit. Joe and I just how to create some interesting maps that are a little bit more flexible Mm-hmm. Modular, yeah. Without it being too like too much of a cumbersome, right thing to drag around. You're dragging around a five foot, you know, <laughs> battle mat m- and mattress of stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Joe is show- showing us a picture of the sort of like <laughs> stair ascension model that one of his players is making. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll post this picture with this podcast. Just I, so I love see. that. I have a feeling. And I got to figure out how to broach this with my players, but I just don't feel like they because they're it's all still really new. They're they're ju- we just need we're about to level them up to three. Oh, three is big. Three so, is big so, and five. Yeah, nice. three is big, and it, so it's all really new to them, and they've never played before. Yeah, and so I'm trying to figure out since it's my first time DMing, just mm-hmm. sort of how to encourage them to be. Like to just go, you know, you can be proactive. I still feel like, yeah, and it, and then this is probably a little bit my fault that they they're always waiting for me to sort of cue them to do stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I would as a new if you're listening to this as a new player, ask what you can do or go just or yeah. just do just it, go for it <laughs> and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that is fun for us as DMs is reacting to whatever fun thing that you want to try or you want to do. So yeah, that, that's go like, for it. That's like the, yeah, that's like the trick. It's yeah. like you, you don't want your players to feel like you don't know what you're doing. Like your DM is totally lost. But it's also like how do you do that? How do you, how do you give them the comfort of like that they're being guided by not an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, but still like feel like they can... You know, be like really proactive at the same time. Uh, I, push boundaries. So this is kind of a, a little aside that's sort of related. Um, 
Is it about big wheels? When, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's from your guy's generation, not from mine. Oh, no, that's a lie. I had, snap. I have big wheels. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like the tricycle things? With yeah, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, man, I didn't uh, think they lasted that long. Okay. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what kind of big wheel did you have? Do you remember? Uh, I, I just had like a red and orange one. A red and orange. Yeah. Okay. And then I remember I got too old and my knees kept hitting like the handles. Very sad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's when you get a bike. <laughs> that's when you get a bike. Yeah. Um. Anyway, there are out there. I, I, we'll have to. I'll have to find them and send them to Joe so we can post them. But there are a couple games that are role-playing games, where there is sort of like a, a game master who is sort of facilitating everything. But the whole purpose of of the game is not to tell a story about your characters and to play the game, but to do. Like, it's almost a world-building exercise in and of itself. And so that's the, one of the ways that role-playing games can be so flexible. Uh, and I didn't play one of these when I started my campaign, but I did sit down and we had sort of like a zero session mm-hmm. where it was like, we're not playing D&D tonight, we're just talking about like what kind of game you guys want to have. And I think that's very important. Oh, I think that's that's a great idea. That is really good. I yeah. should do that. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. And, uh, <laughs> I will do that. And it, well, I on say my, it, well, you know, it's on my big wheel. <laughs> Everybody roll on up. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> that's how, that's how uh, my, my mom told me this year, years and years later. That's how she knew where we were as kids. It was like the front yard that had all the big wheels. That's was, how you could determine where all the, the kids were. That's the where she knew where all the kids in the neighborhood were. That's adorable. Was it'd be like, like six that. or seven big wheels in the in a front yard of one of the houses, one of the apartments. <laughs> apartments. It was apartments. Um, yeah, so you sit down with your players. And, you know, Tristan is like, I really want to do a big wheel focused RPG. <laughs> And you as a DM, you can be like, okay, I'll think about it. And then you ask the other players, does anybody not want to do that? And if you know, if everybody's cool with it, that's what you do. And I think, Ben, that's a big way that you can address that I, That issue. is a I, That is a perfect way because to address that. Having giving your players extra, like, have, so you know how I'm depend, really dependent on the backlog of, like, world information that I use mm-hmm. to improvise? Your players can do the same thing. Where if they have a solid idea of, like, what the machinations of the world are... Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just relying on like, well, there's a rope over there and a lever over here, and it sounds like there's knolls coming down this hallway of the dungeon, they can think of they can think, you know, more externally instead of so, just so when, on so the when you guys situation. So is this specific to the game you're playing the, the the Dungeons and Dragons game you are playing now, or is this a separate sort of thing? Uh, this was specific to yeah, this was specific to my game. But there are other world. I'm, there are games out there that are just like specifically. Yeah. There's role sets for them. I'm, I'm totally like. I just want to know now, 100 percent about what you guys. I'm, did. This is like, so, to so be totally I, selfish. Honestly, I just uh, just sat down and we were like, "So guys, what are you thinking?" Uh, this was mostly over a group chat. It doesn't have to be in person. Big group chat and like, "Hey guys, these are some of the ideas for that I have for the campaign. Like, what elements do you guys want to see?" That's the really informal way that I did it. Okay. I've seen write-ups where, like, what you do is, okay, everybody, you hand out, like, two or three, depending on how big your group is, two or three note cards to everyone, and they say, everybody write down an element that you want in this story, or an element that you want in the world. And so someone might be, like, zombies, and somebody might be, like, ancient Egypt, and somebody might be, like, lasers, like, you know, big (laughs) wheels. Like, you really can't tell what they're going to put. And then what you do is you go and you post them up, and everybody gets vetoes. You know, and you just have a discussion about, like, 
you know, what do we want or not want in the game. Uh-huh. And that, one, can be super useful for just establishing, like, a shared universe. And then, two, can be useful if there's, like, something that somebody's not comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like, if there's somebody in your party that doesn't like demons or, like, overly brutal stuff, you can use that to be like, sorry, guys, I'm not really, I'm not going to have a good time if that's in there. Uh but really, it just gives them input. <laughs> a lot of personal baggage. <laughs> Laser-eyed zombies who ride big wheels. In ancient Egypt. Just, <laughs> that's my word salad. God, that sounds really terrifying. <laughs> Jeez, thanks a lot. And they have nightmares tonight. I can hear the, I can hear the big wheel front wheel rolling along. <laughs> well, in, in sand and like deep I mean, sand with like a, laser zombies on it. I mean, oh there's gosh. a big wheel. There's like a crucial big wheel in The Shining. That's like... Very spooky, we talk, we did know? mention that. We, we were trying we, to think about we totally where... We talked about yeah. that. Yeah. We're, we're recording but, oh, this in early the, November. Way, so Halloween has just happened. By the way... It's fresh in our minds. The guy that played the kid mm-hmm. lives in Kentucky. No way. And he's a biology teacher at a college now. No way, really? Yeah, he never was did anything else after that movie. Too spooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to get out of there. Yeah. Huh. Well, he didn't know it was a horror film. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. He didn't know. He didn't see it for years, like his, because his parents were like, "This is yeah, like, too scary for you to watch." We can't show this to a kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, like good, good parents. I love this idea, Trevor. I think I like it. You don't have to. Weirdly do it enough, not even for, not even for the. I hate to say this, but not even to empower them as far as that goes, but just to give them the the sort of the idea that they. They can be proactive. Yeah, they have. I feel like that's where I am doing a bad job right now. Yeah, I I would almost say that individual players have like barely less input into the like as the as the flow of the game goes. Like mm-hmm. an individual player can affect it like only slightly less than the DM. Like the DM really is just giving you like dressing. But if you're talking about like, uh, well, I'll have to say that a really real real, real eh, a DM that won't allow stuff. It, this isn't the case. But if you're a really good open DM, the players have so much input that they kind of go where they want. Yeah. Right. Uh, and there are some, certain situations like where it that. just doesn't I like work, that, you know? though. I mean, for me, that's the, the the coolest part. Yeah, and, and as a player, too, I would I would say that you could, if if your DM hasn't done that or isn't you know as proactive as Trevor is with, with his game. I, I should could, also say that mine my game was specifically sort of designed to be like an open world mm-hmm. where like they're a pirate crew on a boat so they can kind of go wherever they want. Right. So if like, well, this island's really not working out, the, all the locals are really mad at us. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll just go to a different island. Yeah, you know? and all I, all I was wanting to say was just, you know, just don't be afraid to tell your DM or like suggest to your DM Hopefully they're receptive to stuff like that. Like, yeah. like make suggestions. Like, oh, this would and, be that, this would be really. I, I was thinking my character could do this. Is this possible, or could we work this in somehow? Your DM most likely would love that. I think they. If you have a good DM, they want your input. They want to if, know like, if what you, you want in a game. I just want to say this because I like starting revolutions. Yeah, right. If, if they don't, there are other DMs. Yes. Or one of the or if you play if you have a group of players that are not happy with the DM because he's a tyrant or is never able to play, one of you guys can be a DM. You know, do yeah. what I did yeah. and step up uh, and be the DM. You might just find that you like DMing more than the normal game, mm-hmm. which I think yeah. I do. I would really like to go and be in a game again. I was worried about that, but like, uh, just just like... to give just to give players a little insight, 
I was at first, I was like, I really want to play, but I'm realizing n- nobody I know has ever played. I'm going to have to be the DM. Yeah. I was actually at first kind of bummed about it. I was like, I really, because I, I love the creating the character and mm-hmm. like doing all that development. And what I've come to realize is that you're essentially doing that every time you play. <laughs> it's not only one character, you are an entire town. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's great, guys. What else uh, What else could we share to help a new player understand what a DM does? Oh, uh, real I, quick I, we rundown. Should def- we should definitely talk about just like some of the real basic stuff. Yeah, actually, I was thinking like the mechanical, physical stuff. Yeah, we've got we've gone big picture here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should like bring it back to which can be useful to your understanding. But it's like you know, you got the screen. Then generally, the DM's gonna have a bunch of dice, right? Because sometimes, you know, if you're uh, if you have a group of monsters that are attacking, like you don't want to roll. It's like okay, if you only had one d twenty and you're trying to roll to see if a bunch of kobolds hit the like elf sorcerer or whatever, and they attack five times, you don't want to roll one d twenty five times. You want to roll five d twenties once. Yes, right? exactly. So generally, they're gonna have a bunch of dice. Uh, they're gonna have stat cards for all the monsters. They're probably gonna have like a sheet or like in Joe's case, a laptop or an iPad that has. Uh, yeah, I'm, Microsoft Surface. I'm, I'm doing uh, the I'm doing the I'm doing the lap the iPad version. Mm-hmm. I've got all my stuff yeah. like um, basically the version of cards. Yeah, they're so. gonna have that stuff uh, laid out, and it's gonna be like this is what like the mechanical stuff we're gonna deal with. It's like if they eat this poison mushroom, like you know they might have scrolled in their notes uh, this much damage for the next you know d five hour d well not d five d six hours you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's see what else. They might have a bunch of minis prepared behind the board. Uh, maybe they don't maybe even have some the maps. Yeah, maps. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast, is that I normally roll all my stuff behind the screen, but we, we just had this weird situation where all of my NPC baddies were rolling fantastic, <laughs> and all of my players were just, like, screwing the pooch over and over and it was just terrible and i was like i'm sorry i was like i got the distinct feeling from the table that they felt like i was maybe deliberately doing this so i was like i just had to say it out loud i was like i'm just gonna roll the dice outside of the screen just so you guys know i'm not deliberately mm-hmm. trying to kill all of yeah. y'all yeah I, I personally always roll all my dice outside of the screen anyways but it's uh, the screen itself doesn't necessarily mean they're trying to hide something from you. All, all yes, it, it is, <laughs> but but sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. It's yep. just to keep some like most of the time those screens have a lot of information on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people and, make custom screens depending on what their game is. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's just to help them visually see what's happening with you and your expressions on your face and also they have a bunch of information stored in front of yeah, them. Yeah, that you don't so want the players not, to know. Yeah, so you're not, you know, if you if you had like 30 notebooks sitting in front of you and you're flipping through hundreds of pages, yeah, if you, if that you would could just be kind of lame. It, it'd be like somebody yelling from the back of the theater what's about to happen before it happens every time. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's, that's a terrible movie experience. Yeah. And that'd yeah. be a terrible... Game experience. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a little more fun, I think, to know, like, as a player, if you're fighting something, like, if you get to see their health bar, <laughs> kind of like... Oh, yeah? You do you that? Know, I hate... I don't like that. You know, I'd rather... Oh, know, yeah. I'd rather... I'd rather, like, oh, the, 
you know, if sometimes I'll like our, our DMs when I'm playing as a character will say like this this guy's looking pretty yeah pretty terrible, but outside of that you're just fighting and you have no clue how how. Yeah, I like to keep it a secret. Yeah. I, I like the yeah. like invisible health and bar that's, and that's kind of version the, of it. That's kind of some stuff that might be behind you know the proverbial uh, dungeon master screen. Yeah. Right? They have a they probably have some scratch paper and let's say you're fighting five goblins. There might be depending on how they're doing it, there might be five different like like things of health points. Mm-hmm. And when you hit goblin A, like they take off you know your one d six of damage or whatever. Uh, sometimes what they'll do. If you're fighting five golems and you're really high level, and your sorcerer like blasts something at them, uh, they'll just do. Uh, they won't even count. They'll do them as like almost like they have one HP. Or if your characters are like could conceivably kill all these creatures like with only one hit, they'll just be like, and that's one tally off because they've killed one of these goblins in one turn, and I don't even have to think about him anymore. There's a lot of little tricks that DMs do to simplify things. Uh, and there's a lot of little tricks that they do that are specifically just to kind of keep things like fluid, mm-hmm. so that they don't have to actually have it like laid down in front of them. You know, okay. they can just sort of think like, well, there's a swarm of flies that you're fighting instead of like 50 <laughs> individual fly HP blocks. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. So ultimately, a D a DM in a in a D and D game. What, what's the like? If you could say it in one sentence, like what is what is the one goal that that DM has for the players that are playing i just want them to have fun for me yeah yeah most mostly because i'm just trying to recreate the fun i had when i first played yeah yeah i was was just gonna say like for me it's just creating a creating an environment or a world where people can have fun together yeah tell a story together like for for me everything is second to that like the rules all of it i'd rather them have fun first Mm-hmm. Th- then we worry about rules and and just all the other like sort of tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say that sort of my primary goal as a DM is to sort of just uh, facilitate what they're doing. You know what I mean? I, I feel I am an intermediary between the players and their improvisation and their role playing and this sort of like world all this world building kind of agreed upon fantasy place that we kind of all play in you know uh it's okay so it's that but then it's also like and now i spring my trap like, <laughs> that's the other element of it it's like like they didn't even know that's the about part where that you ogre. get to have fun yeah. yeah and that's you know that's the whole dm thing you know like stranger things he throws the demogorgon down on the board and all the kids like, go just crazy buck wild yeah mm-hmm Joe, cool. that's our yeah. reward. You have to say now. I already did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still disappointed you haven't watched Stranger Things season two yet. Well, there's well, a lot of there's a lot of D and D references in that show there is. that I can't talk about because Joe will be spoiled. Gosh. Yeah. There's an episode called the Mind Flare in the second season. Which no. I don't think is a spoiler. There's an episode. Uh, I didn't know that, but yeah, I. There's a funny joke about different D and D classes. Okay. Uh, which players could appreciate? I'm, sure. exci- I'm excited to watch it. I don't. I I loved the first season. Joe moved houses and could. Oh yeah, boy. so he's been up against just it. yeah, just personally, I, I'm rebuilding a house and rebuilding an 1889 structure <laughs> that uh, is going to be turned into a donut shop from a 
pump house <laughs> old from electrical a, company from building ele- from, from a utility <laughs> company to a donut shop and uh ben and trevor have been busting their butts on it too so uh it's just been non-stop work but i'm excited to i mean stranger things was such a i don't know for me it was like nostalgic and great storytelling and i had just started playing D D, so it was just like this perfect <laughs> perfect storm oh man like See, all for, the... for me that was what got me interested again was the first season when the first season came out so oh really i was like oh, wow man, i want to play D D again that's awesome so i, I bought that. i bought the player's handbook after that yeah that's just just on a whim that's great i love that because it was awesome. on it was on sale on Amazon, and I just bought it, and I was like, oh. Yeah, and when Ben and I were just first starting to get to know each other, I, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I, I'd walked into his place, and we were kind of talking about his all his design work he's done on, on your store. Mm-hmm. And I look over in the corner, and there's you know three books sitting there. And I go, oh, and I just started playing <laughs> D&D myself. Mm-hmm. And I go, you think about DM a game or something, or what's going on over there? And he's like, yeah. But it, it, it's funny. I, I, plan, I wasn't playing at that point. You, ha- you, I was just you, think, I was you were thinking, thinking about, about it. Thinking about yeah, it. Think, thinking about by, by spending money. But once I, yeah, you know, once I found out that you did, and then I started talking to, I mentioned it. I don't know. I, I, I felt like a lot of people were playing, and I just didn't know. It seemed and like I don't everyone know why. was keeping it a secret. Yeah, why were they keeping it a secret? <laughs> why, why was it a secret? I don't know. It's the same reason I don't, I don't tell my construction worker uncle that I'm a dungeon master. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, so, maybe he's but, keeping but, a secret too. But here's the, here's the thing I discovered is that once I decided I was going to like run a game and I found my players, then I found all these other people that were running games, including like a fireman and his electrician buddy. D and D's hot right and, now. Seriously, like, these guys have been playing for like thirty years. Whoa, no non- way! Non- that's awesome. Nonstop. Yeah, that's it's so. Gosh. There's a lot more people out there that play, and then I, I think that was the same time that you, Aunt Trevor, you and uh, and Ben that we worked with mm-hmm. said, also check out the Adventure Zone. That's a great podcast, yeah, uh, and that's actually a good example of. So talking about so Ben's example, uh, theirs is more narrative focused because it's a podcast. But he was talking about how like his first, his foremost thing is them having fun. Go listen to the Adventure Zone. It's really funny. It's actually really good storytelling as well. But they have a, an extremely loose interpretation of the rules, just because that's sort of what works for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because there's no right way. I mean, they're really. Yeah. Now I will say that the rules, a lot of those rules are there, as arcane and weird as they are, are there for a reason, and that there are like balance gameplay things to where if you want to make it a more like simulation heavy thing. Yeah. You can be empowered to do that. Fifth edition might not be the best way, uh, but I don't know. Maybe we'll make another podcast about that. That's a whole other can. <laughs> I of say worms, you go back honestly. one generation to four. Four is very simulation heavy. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots. That's like suit that that, and I think you know that was what Wizards got a little worried about. So yeah, maybe they've they, gone too far the other direction. Yeah, yeah. I've never played any of the other ones, mm-hmm. nor do I know very much about them outside of you know some people describing it all. Just just imagine the rules for. For five, but doubled. Yeah, with like yeah, a every, lot of I've seen some for examples, for like a side by side. Like here's the rule in fifth edition rules of Dungeons and Dragons, and here it is in four or three point five, and it's two to three times as long. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm glad I 
I'm glad I didn't start that, yeah. I guess. Five, if, it, it has never been easier to get into Dungeons & Dragons, specifically Dungeons & Dragons, because 5th edition has, uh, for better or worse, streamlined those rules. I would say for but better, there are some things I think that have been kind of I lost. think it's for better, but I only think it's for better because they've, because they, because they did it the other way and they found out yeah. what worked and what didn't. I don't think they could have started that way. Honestly, uh, as... If you're DM and you want to try it, just uh, just try a lot of the different things. You know, talk to your players, try and fit in. Maybe you do a okay, guys. This week we're gonna do a one-off game where we're gonna try for fourth edition out. Or have you guys ever looked into 3.5 or Pathfinder as it's sort of been spun off? Uh, and you know, maybe different game systems will work. Maybe it doesn't even have to actually be D and D. Maybe you play like, uh, you know, maybe you play something else. Uh, Oh, we even did. You know, in our campaign, we borrowed. There's a, a little game called Pitch Car, which is a French like car flicking game, but we incorporated it in in ours with oh, something that's called great. The, something my players made up called Scoochers, which were kind of <laughs> like long boards with handles. <laughs> so they had a scooter race, but you know, we just we played hit time out on our D and D world. Walked over, set up a pitch car mini game, and played pitch car to see who won the scooter race. But I think that's kind of the fun part about how. And I know D and D is not a not a metal, but I would say I would use the word malleable uh, mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of like how how flexible the game is to introduce other elements to it. Um, it's cool. It's really fun. Yeah, there are other and uh, if with D and D fifth edition, even if you find that that's not a, not as malleable as you'd like. There are other gameplay kind of systems. Uh, Dungeon World is another RPG that is influenced extremely heavily by like Wizards of the Coast Fifth Edition, Fourth Edition, and uh, Three Point Five, where they've really sort of tried to streamline it even more, even more than Fifth Edition is streamlined. So really, just kind of go look on forums, see what's out there. Um, fifth Edition is, in my experience, a pretty good spot to start. Um, especially because it's just pretty easy to onboard people. You get the big, you know, brand recognition and everything. But uh, see what's out there. And the the if I was gonna say like, if if half of a D, being a DM is like improvising stuff and world building things and setting up uh, encounters and all of that and d- making up monsters, and a quarter of it is uh, list and a quarter of it is sort of like maintaining your players and making sure you all show up on the right time. That last quarter is listening to your own players and seeing kind of what they want to do. Yeah. And that's honestly the most vital because if all your players are really mad at you, like, you're not going to have fun. <laughs> uh, and that's really, for me, it, I don't know if you do this or not, but, yeah, I started, record, I started recording our sessions because I think so many funny things or fun things happen while I'm trying to figure stuff out <laughs> behind my electronic screens yeah. to see, like, and then I, when I go back and listen, I was like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. Or when they said that, I'm going to use that later on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's and, awesome, actually. And I hadn't, you know, I think otherwise I would have missed it. And it's just maybe because I'm a bad listener. I don't know what it is. But there, um, that's been really helpful for me um, just to go back and record that and listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been fun for the players, too, to kind of go back and they've been able to, you know, if they were thinking about something, they they missed part of the story. They can go back and listen to yeah. that as well. If you wouldn't have done it, though, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Whoa. Probably weird. Dang. I don't. I think. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I don't know that. I, I didn't know how to do a pod, make a podcast until 
I started thinking about that, but um, so I think are, are there any other questions that you guys can think of that new players need to know about a DM or what like questions they? No, might I have? think we I think we covered a lot of it, and we just thought it'd be fun to have like a just sort of a, a new voice kind of step in and and give another like point of view perspective. And, yeah. yeah, there's there's so many different ways you can do it, you know. Like the three of us, of the three of us, none of us have ever played with a dungeon master where like they do the super like the really detailed models and like the whole things laid out. I've never had the privilege of playing with a group like that. Uh, so there's like a whole world of stuff when you're where you're making minis and all that stuff that I have really never touched. There's a whole world of products. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true too. Like, yeah. You really get into that. Yeah. If I wasn't like if I when I started playing, if I wasn't like a broke college student, you know, like. Maybe I would be more more leaning towards that, but I kind of found a niche that works for me really mm-hmm. well, you know. And yeah, I like just the improvise the improvised side. No, of I'm it. I'm glad we had you on for that reason because you you're you're doing it a little bit different than I think Joe and I. But I'm also like, I really like your one move there with the like let's take an aside and kind of throw around ideas and mm-hmm. stuff and just kind of <laughs> get them a little more involved in the back the back end. And it, I guess I should say too that like the work that needs to happen is the DM does have to do more work than the players do by like a huge margin. You know, there's you might have five players and one DM, and the one DM is still going to probably put in a little put in more time making the game function than the other players. Uh, uh, so oh, I, yeah. if ultimately if all if you have veto you have veto power as a DM. If all of your players, if you were to sit down and have the discussion, and all your players are like, "I want my, I want our game to be square dance based," <laughs> and you don't like that, you as a DM have the right to be like, "Guys, and, and no. you should, <laughs> no, no, no." <laughs> I, I, you know, it's could, you could incorporate square dancing somewhere. I mean, yeah, there's but, like all kind of courtly dancing that are like yeah. weirdly close to square dancing, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, then they should just be square dancing. <laughs> As a hobby, how could you gamify square dancing though? You shouldn't. Just put some armor on everybody. I think you should just go, go square faster. dancing. <laughs> Enjoy it for what it is. I've never been square dancing. I have. It's terrible. <laughs> we had to learn how to square dance in gym class. Oh my god, me too. Are you serious? What the hell were they doing when we were growing up? So like. You guys want to know? You guys want a weird, like, generational, like, mind bomb? Okay. And when I was in high school gym, mm-hmm. we did a unit on yoga. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That they, that unit would have been a unit on weird city folk when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I had to teach as you know. a senior. I had to teach my freshman. I was the I was like a glorified gym aide called the senior leader. I had to teach. The freshman in my class, how to do the Macarena. Oh, if that, if that tells <laughs> okay, you. Okay, yeah. This is in high school. Yeah. God, was that that long ago? Yeah. So I yeah. feel like I just saw that in a commercial recently. Yeah. I had to physically teach them the dance, which I had to learn myself. You know, there's a song about like, I want to say that song is about like a guy like cheating on his wife a lot. For real, like, I think... You know, it's funny, like, I have no idea what he's saying. 
De- was, it definitely could be. At the time, I was like in fourth year Spanish, and I think I just didn't pay attention. I choose to believe what you just said, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even Google gonna, it. I'm, not, I'm just going to pretend that's what it is, even if it's not. I mean, like that's now that's what it is. It, it's yeah. official lore. That's our shared storytelling. Yeah, it's our. That's, <laughs> that's in our. That's in our ancient Egypt demon-based square dancing and big wheel tabletop game that we're with laser playing eyes. with lasers. Yeah. Laser will there, will there be movies. promenading? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> promenading. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up for the evening. Uh, thanks for listening, um, and hopefully we'll... Uh, Trevor, what, what's what's your... Do you, do you Insta, Instagram face? No, Snapchat, very little. You, I probably should. I should yeah. probably have like a LinkedIn and like all that stuff. <laughs> But yeah. I, don't, really, don't, I really don't. don't. I don't, don't. Have a t- if I don't you have, have a LinkedIn, please don't share it here. Yeah. <laughs> don't do a LinkedIn. God, they need to back off the emails. Holy crap. Yeah. Jeez. But so yeah, can anyone follow coming. you or, or, or find Gosh, you anywhere? Like not really. No. Well, thanks for coming out, though. Yeah. yeah no, thanks. this has yeah. been great. I get man. Then maybe I need to. Trevor's to a hotel. If, if I'm gonna be the kind of person that goes on podcasts, I should probably have that stuff, right? <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to connect with Trevor. You have to go find him at uh, 1228 South 7th Street in Louisville, Kentucky at North Lime Coffee and Donuts. Hawk and Donuts. Or follow the old, or follow the old, uh, old Lou, uh, like, North Limestone Store's Instagram page. Yeah. There's There's, like a bunch of pictures of me, like, shoveling shoveling mulch mulch and stuff on there. (laughs) Doing just construction tasks. Yeah. Uh, And what's that handle? That's uh, at, at North Lime Old Lou. Yeah, I is that Instagram? So. That's, that's, on, that's on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to, if you if you were listening to this and thinking, I wonder what Trevor looks like shoveling mulch, um, jump on at North Lime Old Lou, and you can find Trevor shoveling steaming mulch in mulch uh, forty degree weather. There's a picture of me doing drywall where like I hadn't shaved in a long time, and mm-hmm. I really should have shaved, but it was a construction site, so it's not a big deal. And uh, yes, yeah, so if you want to see my nasty neck beard, go do that. Uh, I don't have that now, but <laughs> I'm I didn't, I didn't you to notice do that. it. But now I'm going to go look at that picture. It's in there, yeah. Okay, well, it's all about driving. It's you know the no publicity. There's no such thing as bad publicity. If my neck beard's going to drive people to the Instagram. So be it. You know, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, totally and we in. we have we have an Instagram account also. Yes. Oh, do you guys really? We do. We do. Heck yes. It, there's there there's literally as of now in our current timeline. Of recording the podcast, there's mm-hmm. nothing on it. Sure, yeah. At the point that we release this, there will be things on There'll it. There'll be extreme close-up, yeah. zoomed-in pictures. It's D and D. Neckbeard from doing yeah. drywall. Right. It's D and D and D and dummies. D and D and dummies. Yeah. D and D and dummies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The letter D, the letter N, the letter add, D. I think I added an extra N, and D. Letter, you did. You had to a D extra D in it. What extra D be? Huh? That D would probably be Doritos. Dungeons and Dragons no. and Doritos <laughs> and Dummies. And du- well tonight Dungeons and Dragons and Dunkles. Dunkles and Dummies. And Dummies. But yeah. anyways, Trevor, thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. This has been really fun. Yeah, thanks, thank you. thanks for coming out. Maybe we'll have you on again for another session sometime I soon. I would love to. And Ben, thank you as always. You're welcome, Joe. For sitting across the table from me. Bye, Joe. Bye, Ben. Bye, Bye Trevor. Trevor. Bye, listeners. <laughs>